Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. It has been a, the last few shows have just been great. The amount of people who are downloading the shows uh, has tripled in the last month. So we're doing something right because the audience is growing, and I want to thank all of you who tune in and participate as part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do family. You can join us on our Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter. It is all going well. Now, today I want to just jump right in and talk about attending conferences because, as you know, I make my living as a professional master of ceremonies and keynote speakers. And one of the things I do often is I am hired to speak at the first-timers event. In fact, I remember the first time it happened. It was for a big insurance conference, and they have something like 10,000 people at their event. And he called me, and he wanted me to be the keynoter for the first-timers program. And he apologized because he has 10,000 people at his conference, but his first-timers event usually only brought in 600 people. And and I laughed because my sweet spot is speaking to I don't know, 300 to 1,000 people. So when he said he only had 600 people, I said, in my world, I call that a keynote. So that's fine. And what I do is early on when they first arrive, a lot of time the first timers don't know anybody other than maybe the coworkers who they're there with. And when first timers have a great experience at a conference, they're more likely to come back year after year. So having a great First-timers program is so important for an association or a company who is hosting a user's conference, and I've created uh, an entire program just for those people. But when I speak to entrepreneurs, a lot of you go to conferences, and some of these conferences don't have first-timers programs Or maybe you've been to a conference several times, so you don't feel like you should go to the first-timers program if that's something that they've introduced. And today, I just wanted to share some tips that if you're attending a conference for the first time or or really the 10th time, it doesn't matter. These tips work for everybody. I wanted to share some ideas about how you can maximize your investment in being at that conference. Because let's face it, to go to a two, three, four, or five-day conference – You have your cost of your airfare, the cost of registration. You have a hotel. You have your meals. There is a huge investment of time for you to go to any type of industry trade show event. So making sure that your ROI is really strong is so important. So I've got a whole bunch of tips, and they're not particularly in any order. I'm just going to sort of go through them, and hopefully if you're about to go to a conference, you'll walk away with some nuggets of information. If you have a team member who is about to go to a conference for the first time, maybe you want to share this episode with them so that they can be thinking of what they have to do because in order to maximize that ROI, you have to be thinking about that conference before, during, and and after the event. So one of the things in when you're preparing is is you have to think about things like what do I need to bring? How do I need what do I need to wear? Review the entire agenda of the conference, not just to see what courses you want to attend or what sessions you want to go to, but you need to look at is it wintertime and is the opening reception going to be outdoors? Because I was at a conference recently and it was in Florida and it should have been a little warmer, but a cold front had come through and they had the opening reception and sort of foundation event out on the patio and everyone was freezing because nobody expected it to be that cold. Plus, I don't think a lot of people realized that that was going to be an outdoor event. 
I, of course, had brought a light jacket because one of the things I did is I reviewed and saw that this was going to be outside. And I thought, eh, better better to take a jacket off than not have one at all. So make sure you're reviewing the event and reviewing is there a fancy dinner. The first time I ever went to the National Speakers Association, I had no idea that their final banquet was semi-formal or black tie optional. So I didn't even bring a suit because I was just going to a conference for a few days. I was going to be happy with a pair of jeans and some shorts. And I had to scramble to make sure that I was able to at least be acceptable in order to go to that event because I didn't even have a blazer. So I ran out and bought a blue blazer that I could throw over a pair of khakis uh, in order to be able to attend. And even then I felt underdressed. So before you go, you've really got to review and think, what, what is it that I'm going to need? You also want to make sure that you pack your business cards. I talk to people at conferences all the time who they didn't go through sort of that mental checklist of what they needed to bring, so they never thought about the fact that they could be meeting dozens of people, some of which they really should be connecting with. And if you don't have your business cards, you can't be ensured that people are going to follow up. Sometimes people are like, oh, I'll take a picture of your name tag. But that involves them remembering that they did that, then going back, reviewing their pictures on their phone, and then having to go to Google to find out your contact information because your name tag just has your name and your company. So make sure that you're making it easy for other people to follow up with you and and for you to be able to have those follow-ups by just going through and making sure what you did, you need. If you're a note taker, and I really think when you go to a conference, you should be taking notes, you need to decide, do I want to bring my laptop? Can I do it on a tablet? Should I be taking notes on my phone? I actually prefer to take handwritten notes at a conference. So before I go, one of the things I have to do is look and make sure that I have a fresh notebook that's got enough empty pages in it. If I'm going to a three-day conference, I can fill up over half a notebook. So I got to make sure that I have a fresh notebook with me because I've shown up before where I only have four or five pages. And and then I'm trying to add like little just pages of notes that say Hyatt or Marriott on it. So be thinking before you get there. And then also – and I mentioned this slightly, you also want to be reviewing that agenda to be making the decisions for which breakout sessions you want to attend. Because a lot of these conferences, they have five, six, seven, eight tracks going on at one time. And if at the last minute you're trying to decide, sometimes you make your decision late and that room is full and you don't know what your second choice is. Take the time online or in the printed materials if they send you an agenda to go through and circle you know, metaphorically, if it's online, what it is that you want to attend so that you sort of have an idea. Also, if you're a little more introverted before you arrive, look for times in the schedule where nothing interests you and schedule your downtime. Because I think this is one mistake we make when we go to conferences is we don't allow time for ourselves, time to sort of regroup and rethink. And so many conferences don't schedule any white space was at a conference recently and they had 15-minute breaks between every session. They had six or 700 people at the conference, 15-minute breaks. People didn't have time to pee. Therefore, people were constantly rushing around. They never had a time to think about what they heard in the last session. So if it's going to be one of those jam-packed conferences, schedule your time to skip out if that's what you need in order to be your best. So then when you get there, You really have to know, why am I there? And there's two reasons that people attend a conference, whether it's their first time or their 50th time. And those two reasons are the learning opportunities and the networking opportunities. And some people tell me, Tom, I don't go to network. I go to learn. Great. Know what your purpose is. But if you really think there's going to be some people at that conference who, if you make a connection and you 
you know, can kind of get to know them and then later follow up that it could be really beneficial to your career, make sure that you're honest with yourself, that meeting people is a priority. Yes, I want to learn, but the networking opportunities are my number one reason. Whatever your purpose for being there, be clear. And maybe in your notebook, write down, these are the two or three things I want to accomplish because it's easy to get overwhelmed and forget while you're, why you're there. So if networking is important to you, and, and I think it should be if you're attending a live event, because Let's face it, it used to be the only way you could get cutting-edge information about your industry was to go to that trade industries conference. But nowadays, there's so many ways that you can get information. Everything is online. There's all kinds of podcasts in every single industry. There's all sorts of other digital things and classes that you can register for that you can get the information in lots of ways. However, you can't get that face-to-face, that networking power anywhere as well as you can being at a live event. So make sure that if that's going to be your priority, you've looked at when are the formal events. The opening reception is such an important time because there's going to be a lot of people there who it's their first time also. And if they do a first-timer's reception, make sure you attend that session. It is such a good idea if it's your first time at an event that you show up at the first-timer's session. And people tell me all the time, oh, those things are lame. Well, Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe it's going to be exactly what you needed. I'm going to be doing the first-timers session that I do at a big 2,000-person conference. And while more than 300 people will be first-timers, they expect about 300 to be there. So I'm actually involved in this association, and I've been asking around. And some of the members tell their friends who are coming for the first time, oh, don't go to the first-timers thing. If anyone tells you not to go to the first-timers event at any conference, they might be shortchanging you. You have no idea how cool it could be. Now, it could be lame, but if it's cool, do you really want to miss out? Plus, the best thing you can do in any trade association is make friends with people who you're going to see year after year after year. So often people complain that these organizations are too clicky. Well, here's the trick. Create your own clicks. Get in there with the other new people. Make friendships. So show up at the first-timers thing, go to the opening session, and make sure early on you're having some really good conversations. Meet as many people as you can on that first day because then you'll have your tribe. One of the things you have to do at a conference is find your tribe, find your people. People do have old friends who they see once a year at these events, and some of them may or may not be inclusive of new people. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be meeting new people, but if they're not – Don't wait for someone to invite you in. Start creating your own group. And if one of the nights at the conference is going to be dinner on your own, take advantage of that first day to start asking other people, hey, do you have plans for that Tuesday night dinner on your own? Maybe we should get a group of first-timers together, a group of people who don't know each other. The serendipity of connecting with people is what can make these conferences absolutely fantastic. Now, if you are traveling, with coworkers or other old friends, or maybe this is your first time at a national association, but you have been active in the local chapter for many years, so some of your local friends are attending, make sure that you're not totally connected to the people who you already know. Sometimes people attend these conferences and all they do is hang out with their coworkers. I've actually seen at national organizations that have local chapters, the New York chapter will have like their own little get together. And the whole time, all the people from New York hung out together. And I'm like, why would you travel all the way to Las Vegas or San Francisco or Chicago just to sit with the people who live within a 10 mile radius of you? You can go to lunch with those people all the time. And people go, oh, but we're all so busy. We never see each other. So we never get together. 
So you've just spent two or $3,000 to sit with the people who live down the street. Now, I'm not saying ignore those people. Don't turn to your you know, best friends, your coworkers, the people from your chapter and say, I'm going to ignore you because that'll just make them mad. However, don't spend all of your time with them. Let it be known that there's going to be some times that you know, you're going to go off and try to meet new people. In fact, be the person who tells your group, let's make sure on one day that we all don't sit together at lunch so that combined we can meet so many new people. And by the way, if you meet someone I should know or I meet someone you should know, I'll make sure I introduce you after the luncheon. So you know, the problem is, is that people get stuck with what they know. We like the comfort zone of our coworkers and our friends and the people who are from our local chapters. But if you go all that way and that's the only people you hang out with, all that's going to happen is you're not going to reach the highest level of value from being there at that event. And before you get there, if there's some people on the list who you would like to meet, maybe you've looked at the attendee list, maybe you just know who attends, reach out to them in advance and say, would you be open to having coffee before the general session on Monday morning? Or, hey, that uh, you know, at happy hour on the second night, I would love it if we could have a drink together. Just find a way to pre-schedule events. Sometimes I go to these events and I think, oh my gosh, five of my friends are going to be there. It's so great. And I never run into them because there's two or 3,000 people or more at some of these conferences. So if you pre-schedule times to get together, you're more likely to connect. And sometimes it's with old friends, but sometimes it's people who maybe you just are desired to meet. And if, if you plan ahead, if you reach out to them on social media, or if you reach out to them by email or call them and just say, we're both going to be at this conference, and I've always wanted to get to know you better, would you have 30 minutes that we could schedule? Most people will say yes, and that guarantees that your path will cross with them. And I mentioned reaching out to them on social media. Social media is another important tool. If it's your first time at a conference, or as I said, even your fifth, it's so important that you engage with people before, during, and after if people at that conference are using Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. All you have to do is like what they've posted, maybe respond, add to it. If people are using the hashtag of the event, they're not doing that to be ignored. They want to connect with other people who are going to be at that event. So get involved using the tools that are available to you. And it so happens so often, I will retweet what people have to say, or I'll comment on their Twitter or Instagram post. And then I'll be walking down the hall and somebody will be like, Tom, Tom, Tom. They run up and they introduce themselves. Sometimes they hug me and they'll say things like, I'm the person who retweeted, you know, or we've been talking on Twitter. And all of a sudden that leads to a deeper conversation. Now, if you're not a big social media user or the people in your industry aren't, then that's not going to work for you. But if it is, make sure that you're taking advantage of it because the one thing you don't want to do is leave opportunity on the table because a conference is only a few days long. You only have that time frame to be able to make things happen. So you want to plan You want to plan to make sure that you're maximizing everything that you can do. And while you're planning, you've got to plan for serendipity. Now, wait a minute. You say, Tom, the definition of serendipity means we haven't planned for it. Well, I don't know. I think the people who have the most success at conferences, who meet the most people, who get the most value, I think they've planned to be lucky. They've set themselves up 
to meet the right people. So I was at a conference a couple of years ago, and it was dinner on your own both nights. And one of my really good friends, he had gone out with like his little clique of friends, and I had gone out with mine, and we'd had a great time. But the next morning, he said, you know, I'm tired of coming to these conferences and always hanging out with the same people. He goes, why don't we do something different tonight? And he and I decided that for that night, we picked a restaurant across the street that was like a pizza place. It wasn't expensive, so it wasn't going to be awkward for anybody who couldn't afford to go out to a steakhouse. We picked a pizza place that had like great sandwiches and salads and totally affordable. And we agreed that each of us was going to find three people that we had never met before and invite them to join us. So we figured that way we'd have about eight people and he and I would know each other well and maybe I would know who he invited. Maybe he would know who I invited, but we were going to have all fresh blood. Well, we started inviting and people were heard about it. And they're like, can we come? Can I come? We ended up with like 25 people at this pizza parlor. And in most cases, we, the, the other organizer and I, didn't know a lot of these people, and so many of them were first-timers. They were blown away that they got to be included with so many other cool people. And that night, every time I run into anybody or any time I cross paths, people always talk about what a great dinner that was. Well, it was total serendipity. However, he and I planned for the serendipity. We saw a hole in the calendar, and we started organizing. Same thing is true with hallway conversations. If you're somebody who's gone to a lot of conferences, you know that some of the biggest value come out of those impromptu hallway conversations during the breaks. Well, don't wait for a conversation to start. Be the person who starts the conversations. When you're walking out of a general session or a breakout session, turn to the person next to you and say, so what did you think about that? Let them start talking and start sharing the information. They may have picked up on an ancillary point that you missed, and when they share it with you, all of a sudden it just, bam, it hits home and really makes a difference for what you're trying to accomplish. So while they're impromptu hallway conversations, they're serendipitous. You can be the person who makes more of those happen simply by taking the initiative to talk to other people. There is so much power in saying hello. There is so much power in being the person who actually starts conversations at a conference. And I know it can be hard. If you're a little bit more introverted and it's your first time at a conference, you could walk in and think, gosh, everybody knows each other. It seems like everybody went to kindergarten together. But the reality is there are a lot of people there who would love to be involved in conversation. So if you just say hello to people, you're going to find that you have a much better conference. So I always tell people, when you're standing around, smile. Nobody wants to go up and talk to the person who's grousing, who looks grumpy, who looks pissed off all the time. Nobody wants to have a conversation with that person. Now, when I say smile, I don't mean like a creepy smile where you're staring at them from across the room and a big Cheshire cat grin. It means that you just look approachable. It looks like you're somebody who would be pleasant to talk to. Be aware of how you're standing. Be aware of the facial expressions that you're using. Because if you're looking like you're miserable, people are going to walk right on by. Another good tip is make sure that you seek out the organizers. So if this is an association conference, find the people who were assigned to be the chairs of that year event and tell them what you like about the event. Look for the professional staff who are planning the event, the meeting planners, the executives who run the association, and let them know that as a first-timer, here are the things that you really appreciate that they did. I will tell you that very few people tell the organizers about the positives of a conference. 
oh, I promise you a lot of people go and tell them everything that went wrong. If, you know, the, if the, if the entree is cold or if dessert was served late, they'll hear about it. But if, you know, you really thought that the time and effort they put into organizing that first timer's reception and that they brought in a special keynoter that was really good and really got you inspired to make the most out of that event, if you go up and tell them that, that'll make their whole day brighter. Plus, they're great people for you to know. If this is an event you want to return to, having friendships with the people who organize it, the people who are on the board, the people who work on the staff – they're just human beings. You can make real friendships, real relationships with them simply by being pleasant. Because as I said, it is a thankless business to be a meeting professional. If any of you are listening to this who you are actually a meeting professional, you know that it can be a tough world because all people do is complain and rarely do they come up and chat with you about the parts that were really unique and really awesome about that conference. So be that person. Be the person who shares with them what is awesome about what they did. Now, I mentioned earlier how I like to take handwritten notes, but I know a lot of people like to type their notes either on their phone or on their laptop. Either way, as you take your notes, take notes not just for yourself. Here's a great piece of advice to maximize your conference. Take notes as if you need to transcribe them and share them with everyone in your office back home. Or share them with friends who are in your mastermind group or other companies that other friends of yours from the industry who might have benefited from being at the conference but weren't able to go. And then when you get home, actually transcribe those notes into a readable form that you can share with others. And then here's the big part. Share it with others. I do it all the time when I go to a conference. I go to a National Speakers Association conference, and I will transcribe my notes, and I'll send it to four or five speakers who weren't able to attend and just say, you know, there was some really good information. It's a nice gesture. It makes them very happy. They're shocked half the time that I've done this for them. However, what it does is it makes me deeply review the notes I've taken, and it makes the information stick deeper in my mind. Back when I worked for a company, I would do that and I would send it out to my boss and my coworkers. And A, it gave them information, but B, it reminded them that while I was at this conference, I wasn't just off drinking beer and playing golf. I was actually at a business conference. I was there to learn, and it wasn't just about me. It was about our whole team. So when you take notes with a bigger picture in mind, really, really good things happen. So if you're going to attend a conference this year, I really encourage you to do all these things before and during and then after, like passing out the notes. And then there's another thing you have to do afterwards, and that is you have to follow up with some of the people you met. Now, here's the thing. Don't follow up with everybody you met because not everybody are you going to have a real connection with. What you need to do is separate that stack of business cards that you get into three piles – These people were awesome. I need to keep in touch with them. And and when I say need, it's either because there's business that can be done. There's a total reason for you to follow up with them because it will help you and them grow your businesses. Maybe you could do business together. Maybe they're a potential client. Or maybe you need to follow up with them just because they're one of those really good souls. They're one of those people you just want to keep in your life. The second, second stack is people who it would be nice to keep in touch with. And the third stack is people who, eh, They seem nice enough, but there's really no love connection there. Take those last group of cards and put them away. If if you had a conversation with somebody and there was no there there, it's okay. It's not their fault. It's not your fault. But don't follow up with them. Don't send a fake note saying, oh, it was great to meet you when you know it wasn't. The middle group, maybe you follow up with them. It kind of depends on your dedication and it depends on if you have enough time. 
but the first group, that group of people, and it might only be four, five, or six people who you met who you think, yeah, these people I got to keep in touch with. Make sure that you make them a priority, that you make following up with them a priority. And this is more than sending some prefabbed click and paste LinkedIn invitation. This is actually following up with them on a personal level. I'm a big fan of the handwritten note. I sit down and write a handwritten note to five or six people from every conference I attend. But that unto itself isn't even enough. Then you have to go farther. How do you follow them on social media? Are they active on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn? Are you following their stuff? Are you are you liking their stuff? Are you adding comments along the way that helps to that discussion? And are you figuring out how can we cross paths again in the future? Are you looking for... Are they going to be attending another conference with you before next year? Will they be coming back next year? You want to keep that conversation alive. If you don't own the follow-up, why did you go to the conference in the first place? We're all so busy. I realize that there are so many distractions, but part of maximizing that conference is keeping the relationships alive and cultivating them. Now, here's the thing. If you want to go back year after year, you want to be the people who then build those friendships deeper and deeper and deeper. I tell people all the time that attending any conference one time is nice and maybe you'll learn a little bit. But if you want to have the type of relationships where they're going to be referring you business, where power comes out of it, you have to go back to these events year after year. I'm very active in the National Speakers Association and this summer will be my ninth time that I've attended I will tell you, I don't think I got the real ROI, the real value until I had been three times. But around years four, five, six, and seven, it directly impacted my bottom line. The relationships that I built, the ideas that I got, both from the learning and from the conversations with other speakers, allowed me to sell more, to do more. And now as I'm reaching my eighth and ninth year, what's happening is more and more of these people are referring me business and I'm referring them business. Somebody calls up and wants to hire me and I'm already booked that day. I then want to go and ask them, what are they really looking for? I want to be able to give them two or three names so that they can go find the right speaker who's going to wow their audience. Because if I'm not available, I want to become a resource for them because I want them to call me again next year when that opportunity comes back around. But If I hadn't built really deep relationships, if I didn't understand who these speakers were and what they were doing with their businesses, I never would get to the point where I would know enough to be to be willing to refer them because you can't refer people who might stink. You have to know in your soul that they're going to serve those clients very well. Well, you can't do that from meeting someone once because meeting someone once doesn't make them part of your network. Meeting someone once makes them – doesn't even make them an acquaintance – Meeting someone once makes them someone you have met once, and there is a huge difference between someone you've met once and someone you have cultivated an ongoing, lasting relationship with. That's what I challenge you to do when you attend a conference for the first time. Don't just look at, well, it's just three days this year. Look at it that you're committed to go back two, three, four years. I think if you're going to go to an industry event, you have to go with that long-term vision because if you look at it that you're going to come for three or four years, one of two things are going to happen. You're going to clearly know that that organization wasn't for you after you've gone several times. So often people go one time and say, yeah, I didn't get anything out of it or I didn't meet anybody. Well, one time wasn't enough. But after you've gone that third or fourth time, you're either going to be really clear that it wasn't right But most likely what's going to happen is you're suddenly going to be in the inner circle. You're going to be asked to be on a committee. You're going to be asked to be on a board. You might be asked to speak at that conference. 
None of that would have happened if you had just attended once and didn't make any connections. So think about it for the long, long haul. So if you're going to go to a conference this year, go in with the right attitude. Plan in advance. Be engaged while you're there. If you need some downtime, schedule it. It's okay if you're on the more introverted side of things. Not Don't feel bad that you have to skip out at 3 in the afternoon and blow off one of the sessions. Just do it. Go to your room. Go get a massage. Do whatever you have to do so that later when you go back to that happy hour or that dinner, you're ready to plug right back in. One of the things you have to do when you attend a conference is be true to yourself. If you know that the big conference isn't your thing, that's totally cool. It doesn't mean that you can't maximize it. It means you have to be honest with yourself. And then afterwards, review everything. Transcribe your notes. Share your notes with other people. And make sure that you're following up with the people you met. The most powerful part of attending a live conference is going to be the people you meet. The only thing that's going to have real influence on you over the next three to five years are the relationships that you build. So make sure that you're getting involved and you're really going deep with people and not just acquiring likes, links, shares, and follows. Attending a conference should be awesome. It should affect your bottom line for your business or your career in so many different ways, but it won't happen by accident. So go off, attend that conference this year, whether it's your first time or your fifth, and make it the best event that you go to all year long. So that's what I wanted to share with you. And I have to tell you, before I let you go, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. This show couldn't happen if it wasn't for Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. They are the best vendor I work with. They do all the heavy lifting for this show. They do the technical work. They make sure that I'm freed up to make sure that I'm just creating a good show that inspires the listeners. If you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode. If you want to get more involved, we have a group coaching program called The Potential Project. I got to tell you, now is the time to join. It's about to ramp up. We are about to do some really cool things. And if you're feeling like you just need a little bit of help, a little bit of accountability, some ideas to really reach your career potential, I want you to join The Potential Project. If you have questions about it, email me, tom at tomsinger.com, or you can just go to tomsinger.com, go to the About button, and under that, you'll see a thing that says Group Coaching Program. If you've been listening to the show and you've heard me talk about this and you've thought, hmm, maybe I want to do that, today is the day to join. And I'll tell you why. You want to get in now because some good things are going to happen really soon. We would love to have a couple of new members of the cool thing, of the potential project. I used to call it the cool things project, but so many of us are working so hard to get be closer to the results that are between that gap between the potential and the results we're already seeing. And I believe we can do it, but can't do it alone. We got to do it together. Hey, I'm going to be back in a couple of days with another interview with somebody really cool. But in the meantime, I want to challenge you. Go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. Tom 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.